Hello, and welcome back to Coach Kirby's Corner, the cheerleading podcast that discusses tips, tricks, skill, how-tos, and experiences from the cheer industry. It's been a while since my last podcast, and that's because uh, 2020 and moving into 2021 has been such an interesting year that I was not uh, getting ready for two-a-days for uh, UCA College uh, Cheer Championships uh, for the first time in 10 years. So I had a ton of time to spend with family, uh, which I usually don't, so I made sure to enjoy that time. I hope you got to enjoy some time with your loved ones as well. Quick friendly reminder to please continue to rate, review, and subscribe so I can try to reach others out there in the cheer industry. Or you can always share via Instagram and tag me at Coach Kirby's Corner. You can also reach out if you would like to feature your squad in our squad shoutouts. All right, I need your help with this one. I've been thinking and I'd really like to start adding more videos onto um, my social media page to go with my podcasts. If you think that would be really helpful or you would like those references while you're listening, go ahead and leave a comment on my latest Instagram post. Today, we'll be discussing roundoff and back handspring ups. They've been legal in high school cheer for one to two years and have also been competed for so many years in the college world. So these are definitely skills you're going to want to know about. So I'm going to cover round off and back handspring ups together because besides the entry for the top girl, they're going to be about the same. I'm going to start with the top girl. So to start, if a top is going to try a back handspring up, she obviously needs a back handspring. I feel like that's pretty obvious, but wanted to put that out there just in case. For a back handspring up, the top is going to think about doing a back handstand. So it's a quick into that handstand part, like a regular back handspring, but then she's going to let her feet fall slowly. If the top is starting with a round off up, she's going to think of doing a quick pivot into the handstand part of a round off. And then just like in the back handspring, let her feet fall slowly. She basically wants to get to that handstand as quickly as possible, but let the fall happen slowly. Once the top is in the handstand, she's going to think about shrugging hard through her shoulders, but not really trying to bend her elbows to help push up. If she's doing that, the bases are probably too slow, but we'll get more on that later. She's also going to think about giving her weight to her back spot by putting weight in her hips. She's going to think about waiting until she feels the rotation from the bases, and then she's going to begin to drop her toes. So when she's putting that weight in her hips, she's trying to think of a hollow body instead of reaching her chin up, which is what I see a lot of top girls do the first time they try this. So the top has started to drop her toes, and then once the release happens, she's going to think about bringing her hips to her wrists, almost like pulling a bar. So she's really using um, her hips there to stand up instead of trying to use lead with her chest to get herself standing up. Um, And it definitely helps for the top girl to watch herself place her feet and then roll her body up to stand. Like I've said for most skills, tops of course want to keep their feet together so the bases are only spotting one big target instead of two small ones. You might have noticed that I didn't mention for the top girl to push off of her base's wrist to get her chest up. That's because I had my own athletes stop doing that last year. And again, there are multiple right ways to do this, but I believe that if the top doesn't push off of the wrist, she's more likely to keep her body straight instead of bending into two pieces. And the bases are going to have to continue to speed up on their own to continue to progress. And by pushing off the wrist, the top girl is really doing this job for the bases. Again, there are multiple right ways, and I've done both, so if you have more questions about the wrist push-off method, please reach out, and I'd be more than happy to discuss. Okay, moving on to the bases. For this one, I'm going to talk the side and the main base together, and I'm going to talk the back spot separately. The back spot could also be similar to a co-ed single base. 
So I'm going to discuss grips first for the bases. So the bases are going to want to get their grips as soon as possible on the top. For their grips, they should have their hands almost palms together or at least very close. Their front hand should be fingers down while their back hand should be fingers up. So that's kind of how you get the palms together. Um, with this grip, they'll be grabbing the top shoulder or by the armpit and the small of their stomach or around the belly button or the bottom of the rib cage area. So in the back handspring up, it can sometimes be tricky for bases to know when to get into the stunt. The quick answer is ASAP, but obviously it's not always that easy. Bases want to start shoulder width of the top girl, and then bases can have the top girl do a back handspring before stunting so they can get a feel for where they should stand. They want to get close to where the top puts her hands down on the um, handspring, and then uh, slightly behind that to start. So once the top girl swings, the bases want to work to get their grips as soon as the top girl puts her hands on the mat. So preferably a little bit before they hit the mat. <laughs> Some, something that always helped me as an athlete was to spot my top girl's shoulders because once they pass, I know her arms have passed, so I will not clip her hands on the way down. I find it best to follow the top girl from the top of her back handspring. So as soon as her arms have passed me, I can make contact before the bulk of her weight hits her shoulders. So I'm coming in from the top down instead of from the outside in, if that makes sense. Once the bases have made contact, they want to continue to stay low and begin to initiate the top girl so that her shoulders start to get above their hips. So they're moving that front arm up, but they're keeping their legs bent before they continue to stand. From there, they are going to start standing, and they're try to, trying to stand arms and legs together to initiate as much speed and power as possible. Once they're standing just about upright, they'll finish with their front arm first, and then they'll have that back arm meet the front arm. So it's not necessarily a one and then a two throw if our arms are one and two, <laughs> but a one initiates and then two meets that, um, that first hand to finish together. From there, the bases are spotting for the feet from the back, getting low with their legs if need be, and shrugging through their shoulders as they make contact. Okay, moving right along to our back spot or our co-ed base. For the back spot or the co-ed base, they're going to want to let the top girl do a back handspring or a round off so they can see where they should start the skill. So they want to position themselves so that they can reach in and grab the top girl's hips or shorts. The big thing here that a lot of all-girl back spots get nervous about is getting in quickly. The first time they go to grab the hips, they wait for the top girl to come to them and cover their head, which honestly, I understand. <laughs> it's a scary skill to try for the first time. Uh, but the funny thing about this is that it's actually the quickest way to make their fears come true. So the longer it takes the back spot to grab the hips, the more momentum the top girl will have. And if the back spot waits to grab the hips, the top is more likely to hit the back spot in the head. The back actually wants to follow a similar entry as the bases and try to get to the top's hips ASAP, shrugging with the top when she shrugs for her back handspring or a round off and following either from the sides, so bringing her arms from the side into the hips or from the top of the scale, bringing them up and following her hips down. Once the back spot or code base has the hips, they want to think about bending at the knees and elbows, getting low for the top girl, and blocking by bending at the elbows to move the top girl's hips right over their nose. Elbows stay in while moving the top girl's weight, so almost keeping the arms in a 90 degree angle instead of letting the elbows flare out thus making it harder for the base to resist the weight of the top girls. And when I say block, that's kind of meaning resisting the weight as it's coming and as you're moving it. Once the top girl's weight is over the nose of the back spot or the co-ed base, that's when they will begin to initiate the release, throwing straight up and standing as they throw. So arms and legs should extend at the same time. 
The focus here is that the back spot or co-ed base should be throwing straight up and not forward or waiting too long to release. After the release of the throw, the back spots and co-ed bases should spot for the ankles or the feet and reach to go get them as quickly as possible. As they make contact, they should continue to pull up through the ankles or continue to shrug through the shoulders. All right, and that covers the round off and back hamstring up. I'd love to do a follow-up episode to answer specific questions related to these skills or a specific trouble area you find when you're working on the skills. So send me a DM or an email and we can get to work on this. And now for the squat shout out. Today's shout out comes from my good friend, Amber Turan, who is the head coach of Cathedral High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. Amber says, the Seagirl Posse has worked incredibly hard this year in skills, leadership, and in their faith. They have overcome so many obstacles and continue to be resilient at everything life throws their way. This year has been more difficult than years past, but it is one that will help shape you for the future. You are a strong family and your coaches are proud of you. Thanks so much for sharing, Amber. Thanks for listening to another episode of Coach Kirby's Corner. Be sure to subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. See you next time.